Good morning and welcome to the Marysville 3CU Church. Again, you can check us out on marysville3cu.org. And now I guess we have, we're on Instagram. Just look for Marysville, the numeral 3CU, and you can do the Instagram thing, I guess. We have some announcements that we're going to be putting out, and so you might want to follow along, whether on Facebook or Instagram. And we'll have some pages on the, on the um, website as well. You'll notice our platform looks a little bit different. Um, but uh, that's because we're moving, so next week we'll be in a different location. So stay tuned. But let's get into the message today. Our message title today is God is Still God. God is Still God. Let's have a quick, quick word of prayer. Father God, I pray now as we go into the message time that your will might be accomplished. Let's just speak the right words with courage and obedience that they might be insightful and helpful to all that hear. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us turn in our Bibles to the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel. And we'll be in Daniel chapter 4, Daniel chapter 4. So today we will be in Daniel chapters um, 4 and 5, and we will speak to something over into the book of Job as well. With things that are going on in the world today, and we have that uh, Putin has invaded the Ukraine, we start wondering and we start thinking as um, tyrants do what they do, and we wonder why things are happening, that it starts to give us pause, and we start questioning, and we start wondering. And so today's message is to, to remind us of some things that you may or may not be aware of. You may or may not be um, familiar with some stories that we're going to tell today um, from the book of Daniel and some history. Some of you, you hear history and it's like others that hear the word math. You're like, I don't like history. Others, when you hear math, it locks them up. They have anxiety about it. So we'll try not to make it too painful. But for those of you who like history, you might be familiar with what we're going to talk about today and we talk about an individual by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. Babylon, you might remember, uh, is what, just think of Iraq. Just think of Iraq is the area that we're talking about there. And you've heard of maybe the seven wonders of the world from back in history. And you think of the, the gardens. This is Babylon. And so Nebuchadnezzar was a king that, that took up over a lot of countries, and one of the places he went into was into Judah. And when he went into Judah, there, he would take them captive and move them into exile. See, if you took a, a, a group of individuals captive into exile and you mixed them up, you eliminated the ability for them to, it was harder for them to rebel, you break their spirits, you, you do some other things, you just kind of cause some havoc. Now, I don't claim to understand all the whys and reasons for the way that they, things were done as far as moving people into exile, but I will tell you that it took place. And so that was some of the scattering of the Jewish people. And if we think about the Jewish people coming from different parts of the world as they come back into the nation of Israel today, which would have happened earlier in the 20th century, um, in the late 20th century, um, when we talk about them coming together, Part of this spreading out came when people were exiled. Some of them made journeys back. Some of them stayed. And so in one of these, you're familiar with Daniel. 
maybe you're familiar with Daniel. You might be more familiar with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, some other individuals that were taken out with him. And you remember the fiery furnace. Some of you might, may or may not remember Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar. You might remember him as Nebi from VeggieTales. This is that Nebuchadnezzar. It's Nebi. And I'm not dressing up as a cucumber or anything today, but this is the story that we're talking about is with Nebi. Is, uh, they relate that story there about, you know, uh, not bowing down, and, and they might not have used the fiery furnace, but this is the individual that we're talking about, Nebuchadnezzar. Now, Nebuchadnezzar, his, the person that followed him was called Belshazzar. This was, it gets confusing. You have Nebuchadnezzar, then you have the person that followed him was Belshazzar, who was king, and we'll talk about him in Daniel chapter 5. And then you have Daniel in the scripture, where he was renamed, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the names given to him, Daniel was renamed Belteshazzar. So Daniel is the name his name was called Belteshazzar, and that was because Bel, I believe, related to one of the gods of the Babylons, which is Marduk, and it had to do with him being the keeper of the hidden treasures of Bel, which is a god of Babel. So when they gave him this new name, it was to honor their false gods. But when you get in there and you're wondering what's going on, Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar is not Nebuchadnezzar, that's a, a, someone that followed him, sometimes it's referred to as his son. And Belteshazzar is another name for Daniel. So Daniel, Belshazzar, and Nebuchadnezzar are the names we're going to use today. So when we talk about when you were, the scriptures that we're referring to, those will move back and forth. We won't go too much farther into that. But Daniel was a Jew, he was exiled in captivity. But because of his abilities and things, he was elevated in some that got some special training. And also he was found to be able to interpret dreams. He kind of reminds you of someone else, right? Joseph. But Daniel had wisdom. And I'm trying to summarize some of this versus reading the entire chapters. And so, so what happens in, Neb in, in Daniel chapter 4, Nebi, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, has a dream... And this dream is warning him about how he has, to be careful, he elevates himself and looks at all that he's done that God could come in and kind of uh, put him in his place is the rough interpretation of what's going on in that dream. And so what happens is Nebuchadnezzar kind of gets high on himself and his abilities and who he is and it causes a problem. So what I want to do is for us to jump into Daniel chapter 4. Verse 26. Let's get back to verse 20. I didn't maybe write my notes the best I should have. Let's jump back to verse... Now I correct myself. I guess I can do that, right? We're going to do Daniel 26 through 37. 
Daniel chapter 4, verses 26 through 37. And I want you to hear this. He has been warned. This dream came about. Daniel's giving him the interpretation and then giving him advice. Verse 26, and, and inasmuch as they gave the command to leave the stump and roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be, shall be assured to you after you come to know that heaven rules. So when it refers to a stump and a tree, it's referring to things that he saw in this vision and other elements like that. So, therefore, king, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of the 12th months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you. And they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whoever he chooses. That very hour the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and, his, and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of the heaven, till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like birds' claws. At the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven when my understanding returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. And this is what he said. This is what Nebuchadnezzar said. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven. And among the inhabitants of heaven, no one can restrain his hand or say to him, Who, What have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. I was restored to my kingdom, and, ex and excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all of whose words are truth and his ways justice, and those who walk in pride, he's able to put down. God is still God. God is able to humble and bring down whoever thinks he has all the power. Whoever thinks they have all the control. Whoever thinks they hold all the cards. God is still God. Now, as we move into Daniel chapter 5, we find another interesting story. It's kind of an amazing story. And how many of you were aware that God, it appeared, as writing with his finger in the plaster on the wall? In the plaster on the wall. Now, some of you have been in older houses, and they don't have the smooth drywall like you, what you would see behind me or in your houses. But in an older house, they had plaster where they actually put the plaster on the walls. Now, I'm not saying this is how they made it, but you can imagine if you take plaster and you put it across there and then you make it smooth. But this story that we're going to 
look at here is that God had another king. The one that followed, and I told you his name, Belshazzar, decided that when he would take out the articles of worship that they had captured from Judah out of God's house and take those and use them in honoring their false gods. Well, as you can imagine, God was not pleased. And so he sent a message. He sent a message to Belshazzar. Let's, look at, let's jump into that story in Daniel chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. See, see, Belshazzar knew what had happened to Nebuchadnezzar, and then Belshazzar hadn't learned his le- the lesson from him. So let's jump in. In Daniel chapter 5, Belshazzar the king made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in the presence of the thousand. While he tasted the wine, Belshazzar gave the command to bring the gold and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple which had been in Jerusalem, that the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought the gold vessels that had been taken from the temple of the house of God, which had been in Jerusalem, and the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze and iron, wood and stone. In the same hour, the fingers of a man's hand appeared and wrote opposite the lampstand on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace, and the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Now, can you just imagine that? Just to, this is not, they weren't, this wasn't a CGI film or something. He could see, he could see the part of the hand that wrote. Talk about the finger of God. Imagine seeing this hand, just the hand appear and writing in your wall. I think that would shake you up. God is still God. Verse 6. Then the king's countenance changed and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his hips were loosened and his knees knocked against each other. Yeah, it freaked him out. Don't you think it would? When you see something like that happen in a movie, you're like, something jumps out. You know it's not real, but you still, this is real. It's happening. And so they didn't know what it meant, and they were troubled, and they were trying to figure it out. So who did they call? Daniel. Daniel. And so we're going to jump back in the story at verse 17. And Daniel basically says to him, Don't you remember? Don't you remember what happened to Nebuchadnezzar? And what are you doing? Let's see what happens in verse 17. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. O king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar, your father, a kingdom and majesty, glory and honor. And because of the majesty that he gave him, all peoples, nations and languages trembled and feared before him. Whomever he wished, he executed. Whomever he wished, he kept alive. 
Whomever he wished, he set up, and whomever he wished, he put down. But when his heart was lifted up, and his spirit was hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne, and he took his glory from him. Then he was driven from the sons of men, his heart was made like the beast, and his dwelling was with the wild donkeys. They fed him with grass like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven. They knew that the Most High God rules in the kingdom of man and appoints over it whoever he chooses. But you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, although you knew all this. And you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. They have brought the vessels of his house before you, and you and your lords, your wives, and your concubines have drunk wine from them. And you have praised the gods of silver and gold, bronze and iron, wood and stone, which you do not see or hear or know, and the God who holds your breath in his hand and owns all your ways you have not glorified. Then the fingers of the hand were sent from him, and this writing was written, and this is the inscription that was written. Mine, mine, tekel ifarsin. This is the word, the interpretation of each word, mine. God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then Belshazzar gave the command and they clothed Daniel with purple and put a chain of gold around his neck made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Chaldeans, was slain, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. You have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. It is God that does the weighing and God that does the determination. And either you learn from history or you don't. Nebuchadnezzar learned his lesson and God restored him. Belshazzar went too far and God said that's enough and required of him his life. And put somebody else came in. That's Darius the Mede. When you think of where were the Medes? Iran. So this Iran, Iraq, and all that stuff. There's been things happening for a long time. And then you have the Jews, right? Daniel was pulled over. So you have all these conflicts and things have been happening for a while. So as we look at today and we think about today and we wonder what is going on and why things are going on, we have to remind ourselves that God is God. And remember that God is God. And He has the ability. We don't always know when He chooses and why He chooses to allow things to happen, but we need not forget that He has the ability. And he will triumph. And we know the end of the story that we can have eternal life with him if we followed him regardless of what happens here on earth. But God is God. 
and whether it's Putin or Hitler, whoever it might be, God knows what's going on, and God is still God. So he is who we trust in. It is him that we need to fear. And we are reminded as Job went through his difficult situation, and we think about the impact that Job had, uh, the things that Job had to deal with. We turn to Job chapter 38, 1 through 11, and this will be our final passage of Scripture. But to kind of wrap it together, because we ask questions, and Job asked questions of God. It wasn't in the questioning that God found issue with. And God still trusted Job, but God had insights for Job, but he also had it for his friends that were saying, well, something's wrong with you, Job, if you're going through a difficult time. No. No, Job was still God's servant. And they would complain about Job and and disparage Job or some of those things, and Job got down on himself too. And so God reminded Job throughout this, this latter part of Job who he is. And we're only going to jump in on part of it. I would encourage you to read all of Job and get some of these insights. But our reminder is God is still God. And I want you to think about the presentation that God's making, the poetic way that he's presenting this in Job chapter 38, verses 1 through 11. Job chapter 38, verses 1 through 11. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now prepare yourself like a man, and I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding, who determines who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Basically saying, you, you seem like you know everything. And you're going to tell me what's what? He's like, okay, stand up like a man, and I'm going to answer you, and you're going to talk to me. So God's like, God, I'm God, and let me explain to you what's going on. Verse 5, who determined its measurements? Surely you know, or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fashioned? What makes the earth float in space or who laid its cornerstone when this morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy verse 8 or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst forth and issued from the womb when I made the clouds its garments and thick darkness its swaddling hand when I fixed my limit for it Kept the ocean from just running over the land. He set the boundaries and the control. When I fixed my limit for it and set my bars and doors. When I said, this far you may come, but no farther. And here your proud waves must stop. God controls the earth. Do you know how it was hung out there? Do you know what keeps the waters from coming over? Do you know who set the limits and the boundaries of it? God continues and explains some of these things. As Job is there, and as Job is learning. Now, what do we know about the book of Job? What's the oldest book in the Bible? It's Job. This was written then, before Genesis was written, before the rest of the Bible was written. Job was written, and he's laying out the foundations of 
I am God. I am in control. And God is still God. God is still God from Job through Daniel to today. And the issues and the situations of today, God is still God. So remember that as you see the tyrants out there, you see the injustices going on. It's God who we need to plead to, God who we should fear. So let's be standing together and let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you are still God. You're still in control. You don't change. You're all powerful. You know. And Father, we don't know why things happen the way they do, but we know that we can trust in you. We're not smart enough to understand it, even if you tried to explain it to us, but we need just to remember that you are God. Now, God, there's things happening. There's things happening in Ukraine. Putin's pushing on some things and making war. And Lord, I don't know what you want to have happen, but I know you're capable of bringing a humbling to tyrants. I know that you're able to do miracles like you did during our Revolutionary War. And Lord, we ask you to remind us as we come through COVID, as we deal with the issues of life, to remember that God is still God and it is Him that we fear and that you would help us through these times of difficulties and challenges. May we pray to you for wisdom and guidance. The politicians don't have it. The leaders don't have it. We need to all look to you and that you would grant us wisdom and justice and clarity. And may your will be done, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.